Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandrobe, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandro, and I'm talking with Lauren Belden, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. Lauren is a branding expert and the co-founder of a winery. Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We are sitting... In an adorable little cottage. That's, little being the keyword. <laughs> that is on your property in Sonoma County. And we're going to talk about your business here in a little bit. But first of all, you are a New Yorker. I sure am. <laughs> Born and bred. And you found your way to California. I did. To a farm, no less. To a farm, for yes. sure. Let us talk about who you are. How would you describe yourself? Oh, that is a big question. <laughs> um, well, like many New Yorkers, because you started there, I'm a pretty straightforward person. I'm outgoing. I have a lot of energy. Um, I get bored easily. My city upbringing made me someone who's very curious about life and likes quite a bit of stimulation to thrive. Um, that said, I have a career that I love. I do brand strategy and um, innovation work when I'm not here at Belden Barnes. The other half of my career is Belden Barnes, a winery that I founded uh, with my husband four years ago. And um, more than anything, I'm a mom. I've got uh, right now a six-year-old, a newly minted six-year-old daughter named Olivia and a -a four-and-a-half-year-old son named Milo. And that's probably the most exhausting, exhilarating, fun, interesting part of my life right now. Um, the career is exciting too, and it's got all sorts of uh, funny stories that go with it. And I'm doing it with my husband, so it's a family business, um, half of my career. But uh, the kids are always part of the mix. So right now I am very steeped in the motherhood arena. This is your kind of second home. Right Currently, now. this is our second home. We live in Noe Valley in San Francisco during the week, and we come out here pretty much every Friday. We pick up the kids from school. They're in preschool and kindergarten in San Francisco, get on, cross the Golden Gate Bridge. Most summers, we're here the entire summer, but right now our house is under construction, which is why we're finding ourselves today in a one little room guest cottage uh, where the whole family is currently camping out as we do wine tastings. But it's darling. No, it's great. I'm not complaining at all. It's just a small space for four people. How many square feet would you say we're sitting in? In this room right here? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) This room, what, 100? Maybe, (laughs) maybe. There's no kitchen. There's a bathroom. Right. A bed. But you've done a really nice job with Thanks. it. It's Credit goes to Nate. It's all it's all his decoration. But yeah, seriously, yeah, this is pre me. Wow. Okay, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. To me, right now, you kind of have the best of all worlds because you have that city life in the in San Francisco, and then you you get to escape to your 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 farm life here. Yeah, I feel very lucky. There's not a day that I don't feel grateful about that. 
um, because so much of the work I do during the week happens in San Francisco. So I'm constantly going down downtown to help other companies innovate and do brand strategy and come up with new products. And then the weekend hits and I get to leave city life behind. And the most exciting part for me, I mean, I love being here and it's relaxing and stimulating at the same time because we have so many wine tastings these days. Um, but I love that the kids are getting to grow up so entrenched in nature and the property's quite large and car free. So there's, well, there's not a lot of house. There's, you know, this one bedroom right now. There is a lot of land for them to just run around and get tired and be safe and be kids on and get bored and get creative. And it's really cool to see, especially for someone who grew up in a, in an apartment in a tall building. And we're going to talk about like the the whole um, estate here at Belden Barnes in just a few minutes. But let's talk more about you. Okay. Um, and you know, I've not been to your home in in San Francisco. But how would you describe your decor style? Our style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting. I like things that feel clean, um, but have pops of pattern. Yes. I like a lot of light. I like to see books wherever possible. I'm a big reader. so um, What's the, the last book you read? I just read an amazing book. Well, I read two amazing books in a row. One was called This Is How It Always Is. It's highly, highly recommend. It's a fiction novel. And one was called Educated, um, which is the story. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything, but Educated is a true story. It's a biography. And uh, This Is How It Always Is is an amazing fiction novel, fictional novel about a family and uh, a mother who's a doctor, a father who's a writer, raising a lot of kids and the difference between boys and girls. I don't want to ruin anything, but it is an incredible read. I still think about it every day when I wake up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hobbies? Hobbies. Um, I love to write. I love to read. I love to be outside, whether it's hiking or playing tennis. Um, I'm pretty social, so I love to be see friends, connect, um, yoga occasionally. I am becoming, um, there's a class I love to take in San Francisco, which is a rhythm and motion dance class, which I am the worst in every single time, but I feel <laughs> that rhythm in my heart and uh, it's, it's the highlight of my week oftentimes. Um, it's a really hard class. Um, what else? Um, love the work I do. You know, I, I love innovation work. I love thinking about new products for people and figuring out how to, um, help them turn their brands into iconic um, personalities and and products that people feel really loyal to. So we're in wine country right now. You have a wine brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask, what do you drink at home? Belden Barnes, baby. <laughs> um, no, we, we are a rare winery in that we grow and make nine different varietals so quite a few yes no matter what I'm in the mood for whether it's the tropical bright notes of our Sauvignon Blanc which is made from a really rare Italian clone or the lush plush um, velvety fruit forward brew which is our Pinot or a late harvest dessert wine with apricot and honeysuckle notes. There is always something in our refrigerator or in our wine shelf that's been open for a tasting that has my name on it. So Syrah, Chardonnay, um, Gruner Veltliner. We're the only people in Sonoma who grow Gruner. 
I mean, we made enough wines that we wouldn't get bored and that we'd always have something different to drink and to pair with no matter what we were eating. Super. Is there anything that people might be surprised to learn about that you can tell us about? About Belden Barnes? About me. This one is very strange, and I almost worry about saying it. I've never actually said it on a podcast or anything like this but (laughs) um, (laughs) I so I am a Pisces and I'm very intuitive by nature and when I was my right before my senior year of college I was working at MTV as an intern and I was wait waiting tables in New York City and I was really scraping by to pay my New York rent and I read an ad in the back of a newspaper. It said, you know, are you intuitive? Do you love helping pe- people figure out their lives? Call this number. So, you know, immediately I was like, this is a job I can do. Right. Um, and it turned out to be for the psychic hotline. Oh, my goodness. So for about a month and a half of my life, I was a psychic, an official paid psychic. Psychic, right. Um, it was not a job which required psychic abilities, to say the least. And it was a job because of that that I was out of pretty quickly. Um, but it was a, a crazy uh, story-worthy experience. And that's something that often surprises people when they hear that I was a telephone psychic. I agree. Yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. I don't know what you were hoping for, but... But, you know, I think that's, I think that's a good question to ask people. Because, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting to learn something unusual mm-hmm. about someone yeah. right yeah. and we just did do you visit new york very often yes um i go back to new york at least once a year if not twice almost all of my friends from high school are still there are they envious of you um i don't know i think new yorkers it's really hard for new yorkers to even think about leaving new york so i think they're very happy there. the ones who've stayed well, um I mean, but aren't they envious you have a winery you know, they see how much work I do to make oh. this winery happen. <laughs> and I'm not sure, you know, yes, it's, you know, especially I've done podcasts mm-hmm. before. And a question that's always asked is, you know, your life seems so glamorous. Oh, right. And I like to clarify that, the you misconception, know, right? it's a misconception. I mean, there are glamorous parts mm-hmm. and I do, especially when so many people are being forced out of the Bay Area. It's incredibly fortunate that we get to experience the Bay Area both in San Francisco which is one of the most beautiful cities in the world and here in my favorite pocket of California which is Sonoma County um that said there's a lot of hauling boxes and dusting cobwebs and being up really late and running a business with your husband and you know feeling exhausted so while it is such a gift to be able to start our own business and have a life that's in two places. Um, it's a lot of running around and it wouldn't be for everyone. And it is definitely not glamorous. But like you said, there are moments. There are moments. There, there are, moments. are moments. It's really lovely when we go to restaurants in San Francisco that carry our wine. And we can now get a table at places like Al's Place and the Riddler. And they're waiting for us. And maybe right. they even send over a free something to sample from the kitchen. And, you know, those moments feel, those are a little bit pinch me moments. Mm-hmm. And it's where sort of the exciting perks of the business come in. But for every one of those perks, there's a lot of uh, hard work. Blood, sweat, and tears that right. go into it. Thirsty for more on today's interview? Pre-purchase our soon-to-be-released book, Wine Country Women of Sonoma County, and $10 will be donated to the Sonoma County Community Foundation Resilience Fund. Let's now talk about your career. Okay. Your career and kind of uh, 
then we'll fast forward to Belden Barnes. Do you remember what your first job ever was? Oh my gosh. I mean, my first job ever, like ever, like in when you lemonade stand. I mean, well, I was like six. I mean, I used to, I was a very early entrepreneur and my friend Claire who lived in my apartment building in New York city and myself, actually our first business before the lemonade stand, I think we were about maybe six or a little older, we had a magazine called What's Up. And we wrote the magazine. We quizzed people on the street about whether their favorite celebrity was Ricky Schroeder or Michael J. Fox. And, you know, we went to her dad's office with her and um, with him and printed out the magazine and sold it to the different people who lived in the apartment building who humored us and kindly bought it. Where Uh, did you get the entrepreneurial spirit so young? I don't know. (laughs) I've just always loved to think about businesses. Um, You know, this lemonade stand, it's something that like, I I just remember I lived in a doorman building. The doorman would like drag the table out from the lobby and we'd bring our, you know, lemonade or crystal light back in the 80s, you know, downstairs with the cups and we'd sell our old toys and you know we all I had a lot of babysitting businesses I had a lot of um waitressing and hostessing and busing jobs as I got a little older camp counselor preschool I've always loved kids so jobs that let me you know entertain and play with them um eventually you you went to college eventually I went to college and what'd you get your degree in I got my degree in creative writing Mm -hmm. English major French minor um and I really wanted to write when I got out of school I wasn't exactly sure how I wanted to write or where I wanted to write but I ended up as a copywriter at J Crew, sort of like in a lane okay Um, but maybe less glorified uh (laughs) and I wrote headlines and I wrote body copy I wrote press releases for J Crew and after about a year there I started asking questions you know if we say dive into summer does it sell more bathing suits than if we talk about the material in an you know inspiring evocative way and it you know they said if you have questions like this you should go to an ad agency J Crew doesn't you know that's not what we do here right so I I took a class at night and um, was trying to put a portfolio together at the School of Visual Arts this was back living in New York City and um, one thing led to another and the teacher said hey I think you might be a strategic planner which is actually the person who writes the brief that the businesses are about and gives it to the creatives to the copywriters and the um, art directors to create a campaign an advertising campaign for so you think of the insight and you get to know your audience and you figure out what they need and figure out how to position the business so I did that for a number of years and I loved it I had clients like M&Ms and FedEx and all sorts of different clients Um, but I always loved the projects the most where you got to create new products so if Hershey's was creating a new candy bar and had to go out and talk to teens about what they wanted and go to the parties and figure out, you know, what is going to make them go crazy. Those were the projects I really liked because you got to change and create something new. Brand new, right. So I started talking to my boss about, you know, I wish we could create a department. And she said, I don't think we can do that. But I know somebody who just launched a firm that all they do is create new products. It's an innovation firm. You should go there. Talk to him. So by the end of that conversation, um, at the innovation firm, it's a firm called Red Scout. Uh, I had a job offer, and I met a bunch of people on the team, and went over there, and worked there for a number of years. First as a strategist, and then as the head of innovation. Um, the job was incredible. You know, I helped brands like Chanel and Domino's and Nike figure out their new products and new strategies, and I really loved what I did. I worked with smart people. The work was interesting, and the only downside 
really the only downside was there was a lot of travel. Oh. So I was constantly on a plane. I was gold status on every airline. I had more star points than I knew what to do with from all those Westons we stayed in. Right. <laughs> but I, you know, once I met Nate and we fell in love, it was really hard to be on the road all the time. And at the same time, he had a career. He was in finance where he... Um, because he was in private equity and the job requires you often to live where the companies are based to understand, you know, their the efficiencies. Culture, right. and yes. He was traveling a lot too. And we had an opportunity to take a trip around the world. This was really early in our relationship um, to both put both of our jobs on hold, think about what it felt like to fall in love without traveling all the time. And we traveled for about six months together. And while we were on the trip, we said, you know, it's because we thought we were we both thought we were burned out on travel, but we said let's try it together. Right. And when and this trip, by the way, was free because we both had so many miles, miles. from our careers <laughs> and so many beautiful Saint Saint Regis actually is part of the Starwood, so we could stay at really nice hotels, we could camp, we could stay on the floor of people's homes, I and mean, we did all oh of my the above. Gosh. And we did this for a long time. Um, and while we were on the trip, we said, you know what? When we go back to the Bay Area we can't go back to our old jobs like they it's not going to work if we want a family we had gotten engaged on the trip and um we knew we wanted to get married we were a little older so we knew we wanted to start a family relatively soon and we also knew that wasn't really going to be possible because no parent would have been there to raise the children if right. we were lucky enough to have them because you're on the road all on the, the road all the time so I um, started so, freelancing, oh, okay. um, doing exactly what I had done at Red Scout, but doing it locally for a lot of former clients and people who had left Red Scout to start their own companies and word of mouth spread around because I would help somebody with a project and they would recommend me to someone else. And it proved to be a really, really good fit just for what I like to do and being able to have a family business at the same time. And then how did Belden Barnes come about? Great question. Sorry, I got a little off track. <laughs> so when I met Nate, um, he had already purchased this property. Oh, so okay. he had bought the vineyard um, maybe eight years or six years before meeting me. And how many acres are here? It's 50 acres okay. with 20, 55 acres with 20 planted to grapes. And he had taken all the classes. He grew up on a farm. So I, we are Green Acres in a nutshell. I grew up in New York City. He was on a farm with horses, milking his own goat for his you wow. know, breakfast. Um, and so when I met him, he had gotten, he had already was starting to burn out on his career. And he wanted to get back into farming, not mm -hmm. necessarily cattle and not horse vet stuff, but he wanted to try a new farm, new kind of farming for him. So being in the Bay Area, great farming made sense. He purchased the property. He took the classes at night at Davis and Santa Rosa Junior College, all of this great agriculture education around us that's available, took the classes and um, replanted the vineyard. So by the time I met him, the vineyard had been mostly replanted because when he purchased it, a lot of the grapes were diseased. The spacing wasn't efficient. Um, again, you're talking to the New York City part of this right. operation, so I don't really understand all the pieces that right. weren't right, but he did. and um, So he already had a plan in place on he had a in plan. what he wanted to do. Yes, and he and was then, already doing it. He was selling 100% of the grapes to other labels in wine country, and he was selling them to amazing people like Mike Officer and um, many other people, but uh, Donalyn family... Uh, Carlisle, Eric Kent, Argo, um, 
And the wines they were making across the board were the best wines I had ever tasted. Not that I had tasted that many wines at this point, but when Nate and I started dating, we would just sit on the porch out here and we would drink wines that people had made um, from the grapes on the property. Because when people buy grapes from you, usually they give you at least a couple of bottles or a case, you know, in addition to buying the grapes, just to see how your grapes turned out at their wine. I was like, Nate, we are sitting on some really good grapes here. And we were also realizing that we like probably wouldn't be able to do our careers long term at this point um and we knew we wanted to have a family business so it was pretty obvious you know we're like with grapes like these and his background in finance and mine in marketing and brand strategy and innovation if we can't do it with our backgrounds in these grapes shame on us right and that was how the whole idea began um and that was probably four or five years ago we started thinking of it about seven years ago we picked grapes for the first time six years ago when the same year Olivia was born. These are I have these markers. Oh, right. We launched the year Milo was born, so four years ago. Years and we, we joked at that point because we had an 18-month-old, a newborn, and a wine baby, you know, right. which was maybe the most work of them all. And I just remember being at these wine trade shows like Pinot Days and Family Winemakers and literally with my, like, milk pump my breast pump (laughs) under the table plugged into an outlet right you know it was a it was a crazy time um and you know we had a a super successful launch of the business we launched at pinot days in 2014 and um two different writers wrote we brought two pinots because we make two different pinots and two different writers wrote about the pinots one saying that one was his favorite and one saying the other and we had Never, no one had heard of us. Right. But all of a sudden, people were making orders, and um, our name was out there. And, you know, by the end of six months in the business, I think we had 200 wine club members um, and a couple of really great restaurant placements. And it's been like that ever since. It's been really word of mouth, social media. Nice, steady um, growth. Yeah, really steady growth. And how many cases do you make? We now make close to 2,000. The first vintage was 500 cases, and we sold out really quickly, right. faster than we thought we would. Second one was 1,000. We doubled production. Third, 1,500. And now I think we're at 1,900. But next year will be a lot more because after six years of hearings and trying to get a tasting room, we've officially been approved for a real tasting room and a creamery, which we are about to start building. Okay. And when do you hope to have that open? In two years. Okay. In the meantime, people can taste by appointment in our barn, which is a beautiful um, 150-year-old barn. And um, Saturdays and Sundays, most most weeks, we're up here tasting. You just have to email us and we can set you up with an appointment. And what's that email address? Um, either Lauren at Belden Barns or Nate at Belden Barns. Pretty okay. easy. Dot com. And which, uh, you mentioned that you have quite a few varietals that you produce. Which varietal do you produce the most of? We make the most Pinot. Our site got a reputation for Pinot, even pre-sideways back in the day. And the Pinot conditions are really good here. Is that because you make two different Pinots? Um, No. No. Uh, Our our estate Pinot we make the most of, of anything we make. Um, It's it's complicated. But yes, we, we are... We are part of the Petaluma fog gap, which mm-hmm. means we get really hot days, but that finger of fog you see across the Golden Gate Bridge, right. it settles here at night, so we get cool nights, which makes for perfect Pinot Noir growing conditions, great for Syrah as well, which we make a lot of. Um, my favorite of everything we make, though, is an 
unfined, unfiltered Sauvignon Blanc, which is my last supper wine. You know, <laughs> 60 years from now, I am going down with a glass of that. It is bright. It has tropical notes. It is magic wine. And you brought that the other night. Yes, I did. It is quite, it's quite tasty. Very, very interesting wine because it is unfiltered, yeah. but it's got great flavors. Thank like you. you. Said. Thank you. And I got a chance to taste the rosé earlier today, which I'm a huge rosé fan, but I really love it. Oh, thank you. So I'm planning to pick up a few bottles of that. We affectionately call the rosé our summer water here at Belden uh, Byron. <laughs> Just a few more questions about the business. Um, what are, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things that are in the works, the creamery and the tasting room. What can people expect when they come to the property? What is an average experience like? An average experience. So unlike, maybe there isn't an average. There's not but. an average experience because we do try to custom tailor mm-hmm. people's experiences to what they like to do. But when you come to Belden Barnes, you can expect a really hands-on experience. We also have a farm here. Um, we have farming partners in Jenny and Vince Trotter who are wonderful people and they farm um, – a portion of the land and they will be the people who are milking the animals later this year when we get the animals, um, which is going to become the milk for the cheese at the creamery. Um, but you can expect to go out into the fields, understand, you know, how different varietals look when they're growing. We're, we're the only people in Sonoma who make Gruner, as I mentioned earlier, and we have rock terraces that it grows through. Um, usually a tasting starts, you come into the barn, you taste all the varietals. We do tastings for groups as small as eight and as big or six and as big as 60. Um, and we set everybody up with all of the wines and then walk to the wishing tree. We have a magical wishing tree on our property, which I realize I haven't even spoken about, but it's the whole heart and soul of our brand. So which can... I love the wishing tree. Aww. You have to talk about the wishing tree. I will talk about the wishing right tree. Right now. <laughs> okay, perfect. So when we took this major trip around the world, everywhere we went, whether it was Tanzania where we were volunteering or Argentina or Machu Picchu, we kept stumbling upon wishing trees, which are trees, for those of you who don't know, that have paper tags or sometimes it's plastic tags, sometimes wooden tags hanging down where people hang wishes and put them into the world. And Nate and I always would read, you know, as many as we were able to. Sometimes other languages prevented that. Um, But we'd read the wishes and we'd always leave a wish if there was a pen. And we just found that there was something magical about putting hope and goodness into the world. And so at our wedding, we decided to have a wishing tree with one rule, which was that you were not allowed to make a wish for Nate and I, because the whole weekend was about us. You had to make a wish for yourself, your family, your friends, or the world. And when the wedding ended and we went to the wishing tree, we were super sad because all of the people we were closest to in the world had just left the property but we went to the wishing tree and we both got chills and started to cry because the wishes were so beautiful. And it was just everybody's hopes and dreams hanging in the wind, like twirling in the wind. And it was beautiful to look at. And it just sent this, you know, optimism through our hearts that really like at a time where the world is challenging to many right now to just think of pure goodness being put into the world really, really moved us. And we said, okay, you know what, no matter what, If we get this wine business off the ground, the wishing tree is going to be the heart and soul. It's all about people coming here, thinking about their lives. What do they want to change? What are they looking for? Is it, you know, 
that they want to move to the country out of a city? You know, is it that they want to have a child or don't want to have a child, but want to fall in love or want a three-legged dog or want a pet snake, whatever it is, you know, we see everything on that tree and um, every cork, the wishing tag, uh, the wishing tree is on our label and it's actually printed on a wish tag. And then the wish tags get hung on the tree. And if you look at our Instagram feed, you can see a lot of wishes and you can watch them hanging in the tree. But, um, you know, it's just this idea of putting good into the world. And what's really exciting is we have about um, 275 reported. It's always going up, so I could never get the figure right. Reported wishes that have come true. So we always tell people, careful what you wish for on that tree. We have had... <laughs> Three-legged dogs show up on people's doorsteps the day after. And then we get a phone call. Hey, guys, this is not a funny joke. We're like, we are a two-person business. If you think we have time to go find Find you a a three-legged dog dog. and drop it on your (laughs) stairs, you have another thing coming. But, yes, it is a very powerful tree. It is beautiful. We love seeing the hopes that people put into the world. And, um, you know, we want every time somebody comes to visit and hangs a wish on the tree and goes home and drinks a bottle of our wine for them to think about what they really want out of life. And, you know, that's how it came to be. I think that's a good statement to end on. Okay, great. Beautiful story. And really, Belden Barnes is a magical place. So if you, you are in San Francisco or Sonoma County, you need to find your way here to Belden Barnes. Yep. So before we wrap up, I like to wrap up on a a light note. Sounds good Um, to me. So let's end with my five quick questions. All right. Okay, here we go. No thinking. Just quick. What designer brand do you wear the most? I wear quite a bit of Roberta Roller Rabbit to the point that people will, anytime somebody sees a, a Roberta Roller Rabbit shirt or anything anywhere, it's a very soft cotton brand with beautiful patterns. Um, I will get a picture texted to me saying, thought of you. <laughs> so I think oh. I'm a Roberta Roller Rabbit girl. What's the weirdest thing in your purse right now? So many weird things, hard to count. Turkey jerky, peanut butter M&M's, blackberry elderflower honey sticks. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> you get the gist. <laughs> yep. Tell us one item on your bucket list. One item on my bucket list. I would love to bring our kids to Tanzania um, and have them meet the children who we sponsored through school. So they're going to graduate in a few years, and I really, really want to take our kids to meet these kids. Who do you call for advice? Oh, my gosh. That's a hard one, too. I've got a lot of really good friends, and it depends on what the advice is that I'm looking for. I've also got a sister with good advice and a dad, too. So Okay. What is one favorite restaurant in wine country i know there's a lot but what's one can i have two okay it's a tie it's a tie okay it's a tie it's a tie between the delectable vegetables in cast iron cooking pans at the glen ellen star and the mouth-watering brunch lunch and dinner at spinster sisters in santa rosa total tie love them both Okay, there you have it. So, Lauren, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you so much for having me and coming to visit. This was so much fun. I love your little slice of heaven here. Thank you. That's how we feel, and we feel really lucky, and we love having people like you visit. So thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. 
Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.